from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, where sports meets life inside of these Cafe Kubal studios. And we thank you so much for being a part of the broadcast, as well as on Facebook.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, which is shared on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, and of course on youtube.com backslash wake up call dt so however you're connecting with the show thank you for being here with wake up call with dan tortora all throughout the week monday through friday from 9 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time with that being stated we have the leader of the patriot league and uh, the executive director here with us this morning uh, jennifer heppel is here on wake up call with dan tortora inside of the cafe kubal studios and it's the first time that we get to have uh, jennifer on the show in representation of the Patriot League. We've spoken about the Patriot League throughout the years, but now to actually have the voice of the Patriot League is a uh, beautiful blessing here. So let's bring her in. Jennifer, how are you doing today? Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And and Jennifer, for you, when I say executive director of the Patriot League, what goes through your mind? Did you ever think that, that this was going to be a stop in your journey, or is this something that evolved over time? Um, you know, it, it did. It evolved over time, absolutely. Um, I'm approaching almost 30 years working in college athletics, and I always, you know, people ask me that question, and I say, look, I can look back and, you know, maybe create a very defined um, career path, and that's why hindsight can be fabulous sometimes. At the time, um, you know, some of the decisions I made around next steps and jobs were a little bit of luck, um, some by design, um, and, you know, this is where um, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to become commissioner of the Patriot League, um, have spent time working on campus at the national office and in conference offices. And I I truly do appreciate and enjoy the conference office experience, um, but especially the Patriot League. I mean, it's just an amazing group of institutions. So I'm very fortunate. And when we look at these these institutions and and being a commissioner within the Patriot League here, you know, mm-hmm. what can you say when, you know, when we kind of go down the line here and, and really get a feel for the Patriot League, when you hear the names of, you know, Boston, American, Navy, Army West Point, Holy Cross, mm-hmm. Lehigh, Loyola, Lafayette, Colgate, and Bucknell, when I read those names, what comes to mind to you? What's like kind of maybe a central pillars of, of these institutions for you? Um, it, it truly is that high-level balance of academic achievement and athletic competition at the Division One level. Um, you know, the institutions are, you know, Holy Cross and Army are two very different types of institutions um, in terms of their mission. And we see that within the league, but where we have such commonality of vision and commitment is in our approach to athletics as being an incredibly important um, component of higher education and the experience on our campuses. 
And, you know, for the Patriot League, defining that to go a little bit deeper into it, how would you define the Patriot League? I mean, we look at it, you see the United States flag, you see the word Patriot. It seems pretty Mm -hmm. self-explanatory to really, you know, feel what that is. And and when somebody who, you know, loves this country looks at at this logo, you know, that that feeling of love and and country and Mm -hmm. community really seems to be front and center. How would you define the Patriot League and how would you define what this logo is supposed to represent? I, you know, that's, that's actually, that's a great question. Um, And definitely, um, we have with Army and Navy being um, core members really from, uh, from the league's uh, founding, um, that is definitely a component. But the word patriot means so much more than just the the military service. I think it does mean just a a commitment to uh, overarching um, mission and and value, values of our institutions as a whole. Speaking here with the Patriot League Commissioner Jennifer Heppel here on the broadcast this morning. You took over on, on June 8th, 2015 is when you were appointed and, and fully uh, took the duties on August 1st, 2015. Here we are almost <laughs> six years later, a pandemic. You know, I, I, uh, I can only imagine that You've had a very interesting go at it, and if I said this, the la- you know, what have the last six years meant to you? I'm sure that would have been a loaded question, you know, a loaded answer. But right. you know, throwing a, a year and a half of a pandemic just to spice things up, uh, what, what what can you I mean, say? Why not, right? why, why not, Jennifer? So, in less than a decade as a commissioner, having to deal with a pandemic, uh, how how can you assess the last six years, including something that was way, 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 way not on the minds, uh, you know, just kind of off the wall that kind of flew in here like nothing. We were just talking earlier about, you know, Marvel and superheroes and whatnot. This this is like a, a snap from Thanos coming out of nowhere. So how do you assess all this? Yeah, you know, the, the, I, I look back and I think, well, the first four and a half years really flew by and those were pretty easy. And then it's like, I feel like one of those social media memes where you're just like run over by a truck on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Hair going in all different directions a couple black eyes um no it's um i what i will say and just being very honest is that um i am i am i'm glad that i had the four and a half years of leadership experience um under under my belt so to speak as we went into the pandemic which you're right nobody i mean none of us would have anticipated um what the last year and a half has been like um, I really, I have colleagues that were much earlier, um, you know, in their tenure as commissioners, and to to transition not only with the pandemic but this immediate remote work environment where you don't get to develop those relationships with people. You know, I had the benefit of having individual personal relationships with our presidents and with our athletics directors um, and with many of our coaches. And the value of that, as you, as we, you know, almost it felt like overnight, um, everything changed. I, I, I cannot undervalue what that meant in terms of um, my confidence in um, in communicating and being able to uh, to work with people. So I am, I am thankful for the timing in that regard. 
Yeah, you know, this is definitely, like you said, the, the first, you know, four years plus went by, you know, fast and, and seemed pretty easy compared to all of this. Mm-hmm. Knowing that kind of in the, the beginning of, of the pandemic here in our country mm-hmm. and how it affected things, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Ivy League and the Patriot League, you know, your league as well as the Ivy seem to be so at the forefront of everything, of making a very swift decision. Bring me into how how you made the decision to cancel sports because it was like the whole world didn't know what to do, and here's mm-hmm. 32 conferences in Division One, and here's the Patriot League and the Ivy League saying, this is what we're going to do, and then all the other conferences either following suit or some saying we're going to wait. Why, well, why why, kind of be at the forefront? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, it might have seemed like a, a, a swift, decisive decision. Those were probably some of the longest days and weeks that not only I, but, but the all of us went through in terms of getting to the outcome that we did. Um, you know, we when the pandemic first started, um, it was about just what are what are we doing in that in that moment? And then um, when nationally the the winter sports were canceled and then the spring sports were canceled, you really started to look ahead to the fall. And all of our institutions, you know, students went home for spring break and weren't coming back, and students were trying to manage and, and institutions were just trying to manage the conclusion of the spring term and the you know not having commencement ceremonies and not providing that experience to to students forget athletics but um you know the end of the the academic year last year was was it was sad um you know it was really really hard for everybody involved in higher ed and and i think that was um it took us a little bit of, of, of time, you know, you're, you're managing through that and then you start to think ahead. You start to think, okay, well, what is the fall going to look like? And there's this voice going, well, it's going to be different. This can't possibly last that long. You know, we're not going to be remote in the fall. We're going to, students will be back. It'll be our, our normal, fabulous residential living and learning environments that we do so well in the Patriot League. And and then there's also that other little voice going, um, you better get ready. Because what if? Um, it, it, it doesn't happen. But, you know, I was looking and I can look back at my notes and I think, you know, we were planning based on um, what I at the time referred to as sort of this decision-making spectrum. At one side, you had a return to normalcy, you know, business as usual. And then on the other end of the spectrum was um, the just a continuation of remote learning and trying to say, okay, what does athletics look like if we are at one end, the other end, or anywhere in between. And we initially in the, in the Patriot League, and I think it was probably mid-June of last year, um, made a decision around what the format of sports would look like in the fall. So we took, um, I call a sort of initial step in thinking that we would we would play um, and we would compete and our schools would be back, but we would, um, you know, we would reduce travel. We would mitigate some of what we, we knew would likely continue as risks with the pandemic. Um, and 
then over the course of the next three weeks, it just it just became very clear to our our leadership that um, it wasn't going to be sustainable to play at all, and and that was an incredibly challenging decision. Um, but our schools were making um, equally, if not more, challenging decisions about how they were going to, um, you know, run their institutions, um, and they weren't coming back to a normal environment. And it didn't make sense to expect everything on campus was different. So of course, athletics would be different as well. Um, but it was, you know, I can say this was like years ago now. Um, you know, it really wasn't that that long ago. It was just a year. Um, and probably, yeah, we're what, June 28th now? So it was less than a year ago that, that the Patriot lead, uh, leadership made the decision to cancel the the fall sports. And we were only just a few weeks away ahead of um, our, our peer Division One conferences. You know, so by the end of July, just about um, all of the majority of Division One conferences had made decisions around the fall. Um, but those two to three weeks when we had made the decision and kind of waiting to see what other folks did, those were long. Those were really long weeks. You know, I felt very confident in the decision that we'd made and that it was right for us. Um, but boy, um, being out there sort of alone was a very, very challenging position for our students and our coaches. Speaking here with Jennifer Heppel, the commissioner of the Patriot League here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside the Cafe Cabal Studios. And Jennifer, you know, I think I think when I when I say the word swift, kind of going off of the point that you made, right. it was it seemed swift from the outside looking in. Not that you didn't do your due diligence and your homework mm-hmm. and all of that. That's not uh, that's not my definition yeah. of swift in this. But that that you were at the forefront, that you were one of the first. And like you said, you're kind of were out there by yourself on an island. So those weeks, very, very long. But mm-hmm. the community of collegiate athletics looking at at the Patriot League saying, okay, well, they're obviously seeing something and they're making this decision to do this. The time and the effort to go into that and then being on the island, did you ever feel like, oh my gosh, we made, you know, we made the wrong decision? Were we too hasty? Because nobody really knew everything has been fluid so once you made that decision and and the ivy league says we're going to do this and then your patriot league Mm -hmm. says we're going to do this and then everybody else kind of is in this holding pattern for a while and then some stop some keep going Mm -hmm. what did that feel like you know hindsight of it how, how did you assess that um, I, I don't even have to use hindsight here. There were there were many moments when you have that like um, second guessing. We were uncharted waters. You know, nobody nobody had had lived through this before. It doesn't matter what your um, industry is, whether it's higher ed or um, you know any industry we we just hadn't lived through it before and there were there were times you know i mean <laughs> i i drove I said, you know i could be standing there and all of a sudden you feel like that just the the i'm going to be sick to my stomach you know did we make the right decision how this is it's just so um it was just so challenging but here's i think also what um is is important for folks to understand with college athletics is we're not a very large 
um, community, so to speak. We're national, but the leaders within college athletics, and especially the Division One commissioners, I think you mentioned in your intro, there's only 32 of us. Um, we know each other. We communicate through the last year and a half, probably some form or fashion, at least three meetings a week with the um, the Division One commissioner group, either all 32 or the subset of FCS or the subset of FCS plus, plus the Division One subdivision. Um, constant, constant communication and sharing of information and especially especially around this decision last summer. And all of our conferences, the, the presidential leadership um, were the ultimate decision makers. And so the timing varied a little bit, but I had a level of security in knowing that um, our thought process and the information that we were working with within the Patriot League um, was not different you know, than, than any of the other conferences. It was just a, it's just a timeline variance in terms of decision-making. You know, and, and, and when you, when you see, you know, this last year and a half and trying to really understand it and, and assess what, what was good and, and what wasn't as a commissioner, like you, like we had talked about only 32 leaders when it comes to division one athletics that are in a commissioner slash executive director role, mm-hmm. seeing that you are in, in such a small group making decisions that affect all of your institutions and then from those institutions affect you know all those student athletes. I mean, thousands upon thousands of people are affected by the decisions that were made by the Patriot League in and of itself. To yes. have all of that on your shoulders, have you ever felt the weight of being a commissioner more than you have felt in the last year and a half? Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, I, I guess that's the short answer. On On the other hand, um, you know, we have, it's a shared leadership, right? It's it's the, the, the university presidents, superintendents, the athletics directors, um, those are the those are the decision makers and the leaders. And my role is bringing them together um, and facilitating that dialogue and decision making process. But getting them to to have that and to come to a common decision and goal, that's my role as a commissioner. And I'm so fortunate to have just, you know, great leaders within the league that, um, you know, they saw, they, they saw the environment. Um, they had, we defined our, you know, common set of guiding principles as to how we were going to make decisions. And um, we, we shared, you know, and we came to those, those outcomes and it wasn't always easy, um, but it was absolutely a collective effort. Speaking here with Jennifer Heppel, the commissioner of the Patriot League on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal studios this morning. Uh, Jennifer, for you, uh, just a couple things that you do outside of being the commissioner of the Patriot League, Uh and I'm being very sarcastic, uh, serving as the NCAA Committee on Academics, uh, part of that, the NCAA Division I Council, 
the NCAA Division I Legislative Committee, also appointed to the NCAA Working Groups, including NCAA Division I Interpretive Process Review Working Group and the NCAA Division I Working Group on Transfers, also being a part of the Collegiate Commissioners Association and the being a chair being the, the chair of the football championship subdivision FCS commissioners group and the FCS commissioner representative for the NCAA playing rules oversight panel. I don't know how you have time for all of this, but I commend you for being a part of all of this because I'm sitting here thinking like owning a business, I do like 20 different jobs, but this is you overseeing such crucial, again, pieces that affect thousands of people when you are in these roles. And I don't even know where to start if you want to pick out one or two that's really pushed you. But, I mean, Jennifer, for, for goodness sakes, for what you've done with the Patriot League, I commend you, but for being a part of all of these other committees and groups that are making decisions that could be landmark, paramount choices that could affect the future of collegiate athletics, I really want to take the time to say thank you for you giving your, your effort, your, your time, your expertise, your knowledge, and your wisdom to each of these pieces because being a commissioner is hard enough, but being a part of all of these working groups and panels and discussion boards and committees and whatever you'd like to call them is is really showing that you want to be a part of the kind of nerves of collegiate athletics, which goes far beyond the Patriot League. Well, thank you. Um, and I enjoy, I, I, I enjoy that um, sort of national governance work. And I know it's a, it's a phrase that you've heard, um, you know, most sports fans have probably heard associated with college athletics, but that it's a membership driven association. Um, the, the NCAA is, it is a bureaucracy um, and we have our challenges but at the end of the day, it is it is all membership driven and I'm part of the membership. And I think in that role, we have all of us from student athletes are part of the membership and they serve on committees as well. Um, coaches, administrators at, at all levels um, and including conference office personnel. And it is part of our responsibility to the broader enterprise to be involved. Um, and to conduct conduct the business of the NCAA, for better or worse sometimes. I'll be the first person to admit that. Yeah, and when it comes to, you know, finding out these, these rules, you know, figuring out the rules, creating these rules and whatnot, uh, working mm-hmm. with something like transferring, uh, how, how have you dealt with that? Bring me into, uh, you know, the NCAA Division One working group on transfers because right. it is now – essentially what a lot of people consider college athletic free agency. How yeah. how have you assessed that and kind of really dealt with the fact that, you know, the wheels have been taken off of this thing and we're kind of just floating in new water at this point? It's, um, it, it is a change. It's a, it's a definite change in terms of um, our, the environment that we've operated in. What I will say is that, you know, the, the working group that I was a part of is probably about version four of the working group over the last 10 years. Um, you know, we've been, we've been slowly working to this point um, of reform in our transfer rules and acknowledging that um, and, and making that change where, you know, that 
if there are transfer restrictions, and, and there still are, you know, there's still restrictions around eligibility for competition based on academic standing, um, that they should apply consistently and equitably to all student athletes, regardless of sport. Um, and, and that's a position that I've held for many years. I know that that is not certainly not been a unanimous position, um, certainly not a position of, um, you know, I think there's more consensus recently, but if you go back 10 years, among those sports such as football and basketball, um, men's ice hockey, that had restrictions um, that were different than the other sports, that were different than soccer, field hockey, um, softball, for example. Um, I... You know, there's. it's taken a while to build that national consensus to get to the point where um, we understood that an equitable treatment of student-athletes in this area, regardless of sport, was a direction that we needed to go as an association. Um, it, it has been challenging. It's been challenging historically. It is challenging in the moment. Um, there is a lot of transfer activity. Um, I think some of that is due as well to the pandemic and the opportunity for additional seasons. The, the Patriot League is is unique in that we remain committed to um, athletics as an undergraduate experience, um, which means it's a four-year undergraduate experience. And so we have graduate students all the time that pursue opportunities outside the Patriot League that may have eligibility remaining, um, and more so now because of COVID. Um, but I think that's sort of, I consider that this, you know, amazing opportunity for our, our student athletes to go and earn a graduate degree, sometimes within the league, but often at other institutions, um, and take their leadership. Um, you know, Patriot League student athletes, when they graduate from our institutions and as they look at opportunities um, as graduate students, they're, they're valuable to coaches at other institutions because they're proven leaders, um, and successful at balancing athletics and academics. Um, so it's, it's um, yeah, the transfer discussion will remain challenging, um, but I think we will adjust to the, the new world, um, so to speak. It will just take a few years, as most big changes do. <laughs> that coming from the commissioner of the Patriot League, Jennifer Heppel, this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal studios in staying with the changes and, and speaking on transfers and, and things that have to do with student athletes nil you know the mm-hmm. the the acronym that is going to be spoken of over and over and over again over these years it opens the pathway for student athletes to monetize their time in college it also opens the pathway to a lot of other potentially harmful things that could affect, you know, teams and institutions and whatnot. I call it the multi-layered lasagna. And <laughs> so being, you know, being a card-carrying Italian, knowing that the NIL can have positives and can have some pretty scary negatives, as a commissioner, how have you tackled and what do you look to do uh, to to implement a plan, so to speak, because we talked about planning before and kind of trying to set things up. When you look at name, image, and likeness, a.k.a. NIL, how do you assess what it is, what it can be, and what it should be? 
Um, again, great questions. And I, I think, you know, in this specific moment in time, we are dealing with more unknowns and more uncertainty um, in, as, you know, not only um, we've been talking about the pandemic, but I, I do think with NIL, um, it will take time for us, um, for college athletics and all of all of those who really, you know, love it and care about it um, to adjust and to try to understand what this will mean. On the other hand, I think that there are some, you know, incredible opportunities for our student athletes the in this area. Um, and for me, it's as much about educating and empowering the student athletes to make the decisions that are in their own best interest. You know, some student athletes may, may to, you know, may do the research and understand and decide that this isn't a direction that at this point in my life I have time for, or I have a desire to get in, engage in that level of, um, I would say public transaction. Um, and there may be others, and there certainly are student athletes in the Patriot League that are that are very involved in you know social media as an example and have great followings, and they might make a different decision. And that is what I find exciting about the concept of NIL is that it really is empowering individuals to make the decisions that that are in their best interest. There's some nervousness within college athletics. Um, it varies based on institution, based on, um, you know, based on state, quite honestly, and, and what the law might be in your state. I think that's the, um, for administrators, probably one of the scarier unknowns is that we are entering a time that national regulation in this area will be sparse. Um, and we don't, uh, and I don't know how long that will that will last. You know, we will have states with with laws. We will have states that don't have NIL laws. But not having an NIL law doesn't preclude a student athlete from engaging in NIL activities. Um, and so we're going to have it nationally. It's going to be regulated differently, and we're not used to that. You know, we just talked about transfer rules, right? It's college athletics. We're used to this incredibly bureaucratic regulatory structure yeah. that we get criticized for a lot. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's served to create a, a type of level competitive, you know, playing field. And we're not going to have that in NIL, at least in the short term. Um, and, and that's a new world for us. So... They have to adjust and adapt and move forward. Pandemic, NIL, transfer free agency. What have you learned about being a commissioner in today's modern world? Um, that it's, you have to be prepared to, to manage the dialogue around uncertainty and outcomes that we don't know what they're going to be. Um, but I also think about it's athletics. Isn't this what we're supposed to be good at? You don't know the outcome of the game before you start playing it. That's why, that's why you play the game. And so there's this, in my mind, this interesting 
corollary to what is happening administratively for us right now. We don't know, but I can't think of an industry that's that's better um, equipped to manage through uncertainty. I love that answer. And, and you know, it, because it's, it's plain and simple, you don't know. You prepare yourself as best as you can, but when you step on the court or you step on the field, you do not know what's going to happen from there because you can only control yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's so much beauty in that and in, in how succinctly you put that. We don't know the outcome of the game when we step out there to play the game. We can only show up. We can only give everything we have, do everything we can, and, and hope that the outcome is good. That way of attacking it brings me to leadership overall for you, Jennifer. Showing, I mean, obviously in that statement, it shows me that, I mean, you don't have any of the questions in front of you that, that I'm going to ask you today. And that was a very succinct and direct answer of roping everything back to athletics saying, Everything that we don't know, we don't know the outcome of a game, but we play the game and we give it everything that we can. And it's obviously community, it's teamwork, it's working together and hoping that we can have a positive outcome. How have you seen yourself as a leader over the years and to where you are today from from growing up and kind of learning what leadership means to you? I guess it's a twofold question in the sense of A, who have been your mentors and B, how would you assess yourself as a leader in today, in today's world? Yeah, well, it's it's a continual growing experience. Um, and really, it's you come in and you're sort of the rookie on the team, so to speak, and you learn. Um, and hopefully, I've always tried to be a sponge, so to speak, um, and just really watch people around me and how people react to them. Um, and their leadership styles and take the the good and the bad and develop that and, and learn from that. I have, from being part of a team, and I still consider myself part of the team, even though I'm a commissioner now, I couldn't do what I do if I didn't have the strong team around me. And that's really something that I've grown to uh, appreciate over time is the importance of that that team that you put together to lead an organization um and that's that's something i'm very proud of within the patriot league we've got a, a great group of people um in in our office that have have led through the recent but then um you know just when we were in the in the normal times and i you know you asked about about mentors i have fantastic colleagues, other Division One commissioners that were communicating on a daily basis. And while they might be my peers, I absolutely consider them them my mentors as well. Um, and, and then, you know, historically, I grew up, so to speak, in the Big Ten office under Commissioner Delaney, um, who was a wonderful, wonderful person to watch operate. Um, and there wasn't a moment where I didn't learn something from watching him. And I wanted to go back there. You kind of perfectly brought me there to the to the Big Ten in your time there from 2010 to 2015 as an associate as the associate commissioner mm-hmm. for governance. What can you tell me about 
your experience in the Big Ten and, and how that helped to maybe prepare you and get you to a place where you felt like you could oversee a league and be a commissioner? Yeah, I um, and I was actually um, two. I bought two stints in the Big Ten, a, a frequent flyer. I was there in the for seven years in the late 90s to 05. Um, and then really wanted the opportunity to work on a campus for uh, for a few years. And then um, Commissioner Delaney brought, brought me back. I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity. So 12 years total in, in the Big Ten at, at two very different times, um, you know, through the beginning of the establishment of the Big Ten Network. And then I was away for a few years and then came back right with the expansion to nebraska and then maryland and Rutgers. so really really fascinating times um and you know in in many ways um it's just it was just that constant learning um and the the challenging um challenging yourself to think about what might not be obvious you know where are there where are there opportunities that nobody else might be seeing and that's something that um commissioner delaney was um uniquely successful at and for you to to look at you know six almost six years now for yourself how would you assess yourself when you take that look in the mirror and and you know go through everything that you've seen over the years, coupled with the very recent pandemic, name, image, and likeness conversation, and of course, uh, the transfer rules changing, how do you assess Jennifer Heppel? When you look at six years of being a commissioner, what would you say you would kind of give back to yourself through the mirror from year one to where you stand right now? I still think of myself as being so young, <laughs> not age-wise, but that's that's I'm, like I'm doing dog years here right now. But um, um, I, I I look around the commissioner room, and um, it's it's just an incredibly experienced group of people that have such history um, that it's hard to, it's it's hard to make that transition to think of yourself as. Wow, I, I'm I'm one of I'm one of these people, and sometimes that catches I don't know about other it, it catches me off guard sometimes to think of myself in that role. Um, but I am very proud. I'm very proud of the Patriot League. I am I'm I'm proud of the people um, that lead this league that have made me successful so far. Um, it's not, you know, it's a continuing process. It's, it's every day. You have to think about um, doing the best that you can on behalf of these thousands of student athletes and hundreds of coaches that, um, that this is a unique time in the life of a student athlete, right? It's the only time that you have these four years to be a Division One athlete. And um, that is, I feel... Uh, a great responsibility to do everything we can to make sure it's it's worth every minute. Uh, coming from the commissioner of the Patriot League, Jennifer Heppel here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside the Cafe Cabal Studios. Uh, final notes here, Jennifer, you just mentioned about, you know, uh, everybody kind of together, what you get to represent, Navy, Army, West Point, Holy Cross, Boston, American, Lehigh, Loyola, Maryland, uh, Lafayette, Bucknell, and Colgate, when you hear these names all together as a group, 
what can you say about you know these leaders that are within each of these institutions when you get to work with them because like you said they're making decisions and your job is to bring them together and to guide them what can you say about the group that you get to guide they're so competent. I, I, I could not ask for a stronger, more competent, more thoughtful um, group of leaders to work with. I'm, I consider myself very, very fortunate um, to have the opportunity to, to work with them. And, um, you know, I, I'm just sort of sometimes I feel like I'm the one that schedules the calls, right? <laughs> <And> they <laughs> come together and they do the heavy lifting. Um, but it, it, it truly is a, um, a passionate um, group of, of individuals, very collegial um, and very respectful of each other and understanding um, what the end goal is. And seeing that, that end goal, you know, as you as you go forward here, what are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? I know that you have uh, put together an opportunity uh, with ESPN Plus here recently mm-hmm. in a multi-year agreement. So what can you mm-hmm. tell me about the TV side of things? And then is there yeah. anything else on the horizon that the Patriot League is currently working on that you're excited about? Right. I am. You know, this was our first this past year was our first year with with ESPN Plus. Um as our digital media partner, we have a, a long-standing relationship with CBS Sports Network um, on the linear, the sort of traditional TV side, um, and to bring to bring both and to say the Patriot League's media partnership is CBS Sports Network and ESPN. Um, is really that was really exciting. Um, that remains a. Um, you know, the, a priority in the future is ensuring our strong um, media relationships. We just over and and so this year, the first year with ESPN, um, they were they were a great partner um, in in a crazy year. And as with CBS, I mean, you know this from from your your media. Um, we were rescheduling games at the last minute um, and trying to you know get production crews from Loyola to Colgate because that's who could play at, at that moment in time. Um, and so it really, I think, like emphasized the, you know, the work that our media partners and the flexibility and that went into getting all of these games on TV this year um, was, was remarkable. So um I'm a little off track there, but but those relationships will will be a continuing priority as we move forward and have another round of media negotiations coming up. I do think that the name, image, and likeness is um, will continue to be forefront in our conversation. I am very much looking forward to a return to true Patriot League competition this year. You know, full round robin scheduling, double round robin in basketball, full you know, full field championships, um, and and providing that experience again. I mean, we have we're still in a pandemic, so there will be adjustments, but I do think that we are going to be able to provide that competitive experience um, across the league as a whole. So I'm short-term really excited about watching games this coming year. Coming from the commissioner of the Patriot League, Jennifer Heppel. Jennifer, final piece here. It's called Rapid Fire, and Uh it gives you an (laughs) opportunity. 
it gives it now now here's the thing it puts somebody on the hot seat but here's the beauty of it it's not you it's me so i get to i put myself on the hot seat you as a commissioner are constantly answering questions but very rarely do you get to sit at a podium and ask anything so it can be sports related or life related could literally be about anything but i open Uh the door to you jennifer heppel the commissioner of the patriot league will now ask me two questions, anything you want. I am on the hot seat, and you get to run the show for the next couple minutes. Okay. Um, What is the best thing about doing a morning sports show? You get to be one of the first voices that people get to hear. So I think the, the beauty of that is I'm all about positivity. And I don't, I don't hide who I am. I am. I shut the mic off. I'm the same human being. So... I'm strong. I have a strong faith. I love making people laugh. I have a lot of morals and values. I was raised by fantastic parents and grandparents. I surround myself with no yes people. So I'm constantly challenged to be the best version of myself. And I get to bring that every morning to you know people's day. So if they're running around with the kids or they're sitting having a cup of coffee or they're in a job that they're not fond of or they're in a job that they love, they're driving a truck across country, they're a pilot, or they're just taking a morning jog, I get to start off the day, hopefully right, with people all over the world, and to share positivity, to make them laugh, to give them something to think about, hopefully some knowledge and wisdom from the guests that are on my show. Uh, I love the fact that, and I named it Wake Up Call because that's what it's supposed to be, and I can't tell you how many times my own show has been my wake-up call. So it's it's my hope and my prayer that it's been that for other people. But I just, yeah, I, I love I love being a wake-up call. I love getting up in the morning and, and being able to share positivity and, and community and love and just genuine connection. I'm all about equality and, and, and people feeling that we're all in the same playing field. So... Uh, my show is, is very much a break from traditional media. I am nothing like my media counterparts, and I love every second of that. That's such a wonderful answer. I don't I feel like any other question would be inadequate. But um, <laughs> um, no, I thank you. I, I appreciate I very much appreciate appreciate that approach and your honesty and, and answering that. Um, but you did say two questions. So yep. I'll have to go totally random with the second one. Um, dogs or cats? Easiest question ever. <laughs> and so I would say I would say do- I mean, I've only had dogs. And so I would say dogs because most dogs love me. Uh, one chased me, but I had gum in my pocket. So, but I would I would say um, I have a little dog that's she's like a human. And I know people will say this, but she legitimately is a human being. It's it's kind of uncanny how well she understands me. So I I, I got to give a shout out to my dog Lily, who's a Havanese. But but I would tell you that I have met cats recently that like me. And they let me pet them, and they kind of get jealous on which one I'm petting when. So I, I like all animals. I respect all animals. And if I had to choose, it's it's man's best friend because it's, you know, how could it not be? So Right, right. I love all animals, but I'm definitely a dog person as well. So yeah. it's, it's have just, that in common. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And so i got to give a shout-out to the dogs out there and the cats. 
and uh, and all the yeah. birds and whatnot. But uh, but dogs are the best. We know that. So with that right. being said, uh, Jennifer Heppel here on the show. Jennifer, thank you so much for representing the Patriot League today in such a, a special and unique and very open and honest way. Uh, I know it's the first time that you've been on the show, but I look forward to the opportunities that you know hopefully can be here on the horizon between uh, Wake Up Call and the Patriot in coverage of that. And I would definitely welcome back having you back on the show here very soon. Anytime. Would, would love to come back and, and really appreciate the, the conversation. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, take care of yourself and stay safe. And I look forward to talking with you soon. All right. Have a good day.